Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for joining me. Great to be here today. I'm so thankful you've come alongside here to join me at the cafe. Today, I am going to ask you a question. I'm just going to start with this question. Why are you here? Why are we here? You know, the other morning I was traveling. I had my youngest with me, CJ Clark Jr., amen, five years old. He's a sweet kid, and you know, he's a sweet kid, and uh, he's, he's definitely peculiar too, but I'm not, not going to get into too much other than to say I was traveling. I was with CJ. We've been going about an hour. We were in Salisbury, North Carolina, stopped at a restaurant, pick up some breakfast, park the car, get out. CJ hops out. The young man is right there. I could tell just by looking at him that he was struggling with something. He kind of met me really even before I got out of the car. And he said, uh, can I have some change? And I had some change in my little um, side pocket of the car. I gave it to him. And uh, he looked at me. I said, yeah, I'm going to need more. And this time now CJ standing at my leg. And I asked him his name and he said, my name's Jeremiah. I said, that's a good, it's a Bible name. And he said, yeah. I said, do you have a church around here you go to? And he said, no. I said, there's not a rescue mission. He said, no. Salisbury is a pretty big area. I believe something there. So I said, well, you need to get over into one of those places. And I was trying to advise him. I mean, I was just trying to, number one, make sure, uh, he was okay somehow and that he could get some help, but I really didn't know what to do. And I went inside the restaurant. I asked one of the cooks, I said, what's, you, you know, this man out here, they said, no, I said, where can he get some help? Is there not a place? Because where we are, there is, you know, this area here, Charlotte, around Charlotte, Kings Mountain, Shelby, there is a lot of great ministries. And I realize how blessed we are to have the ministries we have in this area how God's hand has been upon this area and the people of this area. And I've been other places thinking, well, they must have what we have. Amen. Because we're our ministries involved in some of these uh, rescue missions and organizations. I said, well, they must have what we have, but a lot of places don't Salisbury does the, the cook told me, Hey, uh, two blocks up. I think it was helping hands ministry on the right. So it got some food. I had some bread, went out there to find Jeremiah and I couldn't find him. He was gone. And uh, we went on our travels, handling some ministry business, amen, and uh, tried to talk to CJ about a little bit about it the next day. He remembered what had happened. You know, he remembered his name, you know. And I, I asked the question, I, I posed this to my congregation, our small little congregation. I said, you know, who, who is this man to the world? And you know, he has no status. He probably doesn't have any social media accounts. He doesn't have, doesn't look like he had a job. What is he to the world? You know, he's not lifted up by the world. 
Who is he to God? Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So Genesis 1.27 tells me that Jeremiah is created in the image of God. And this individual, is God, it's God's creation. And it begs the question, why is he there and why are we here? So I want to quote a text verse from the book of Jeremiah appropriately. Jeremiah 2.14. Is Israel a servant? Is he a homeborn slave? Why is he spoiled? Now Jeremiah 2.14 Needs a little bit of explaining. Servant is in the best sense of the word here. It was an honor to be a servant, to be born in the master's house, like Eliezer, uh, Abram's servant. Uh, Genesis 14.4, or excuse me, Genesis 14.14 mentions when Abram was going to go rescue Lot. And when Abram heard that his brother, which would actually be Lot, his brother's son, was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And as I read this, pursuing them, pursuing uh, these people that had robbed Lot and, and Sodom unto Dan. Dan is an area. 318 of his own trained servants born in his own house. That's a compliment. These are his people, amen. So is Israel a servant? Are they a servant of God? Are they not born of God in God's land of his people? A homeborn slave. Should they not be free? Should they not be free? Spoiled. Not like spoiled as in you spoil a child, but spoiled like invaded, taken, removed from power. Why was Jeremiah asking this? What was going on with Israel at this time? Uh, the Benson commentary, Benson commentary says, as if he had said, is not Israel the son, the chosen and peculiar people of God? Why then hath the Lord treated him as a common slave and given him up to the power of tyrannical lords and masters? The sense is God redeemed Israel from the bondage of Egypt and adopted him to be his son, Exodus 4.22, so that the servitude he now undergoes and his being made a prey to so many foreign enemies cannot be owing to his birth or primitive condition, but must be imputed to his sins, of which his slavery is the consequence. And that was the Benson commentary. And that sums it up. Why is there someone suffering in this world? Why is there people here that aren't suffering as much? Amen. You know, one with resources, one without. Amen. I'm pulling up in my SUV, going to buy food, not too worried about it. And here's someone that needs some change. And he's a young person. You know, why is it this way? Sin. The world is sin sick. The world is broken and sin is entered in the picture. And ever since Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, sin has wreaked havoc on this world. And this world is unfortunately fallen. Amen. It has fallen. It is a fallen world. And in this world, God made us to do what? Did he not make us to serve him? I mean, think about this. The creator made us for a reason. And the reason I would believe is to bring glory to the creator, to serve him. And so if we aren't taking care of the least of these, which would be, as Christ tells us, which would be like Christ, amen. If we are not taking care of those, imagine replacing the word homeless for Christ and saying, have you taken care of Christ today instead of the homeless? It would change, I think, a lot of perceptions to go from what is the least in society to our Savior and Lord. But we are created for such a time as this. 
And in America, we have been so abundantly blessed. Did you know, I read this statistic somewhere, there are more storage units in America than McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, here, at least where we are, there's a McDonald's everywhere. There's, I told my wife, I said, uh, yeah, I took the kids. I got a Happy Meal at McDonald's and we're in a little town. She goes, which one? And we're in a little town, you know, that you have to delineate. There's multiples here. Amen. There's more storage units in America. What does that mean? That means we have so much stuff that we cannot hold it. And that there's so many that even as many McDonald's as we see, there's more storage units out there. What does that say? What does that mean? That means that we have been given such an abundance and that when there is somebody with need, it must really grieve the father when we can't find time to help or we can't find resources to help. And it doesn't matter what it is we have going on. Amen. Even if we're in the ministry, we are called to help, not not to say, well, I hope it is well with you and, and I'll be praying and I'm going to walk away, right? Because when we do that, we're no better than that example in the Bible, you know, uh, of not showing mercy and love. And, and the, the example I'm thinking of, I believe it's from the book of James, that faith without works is dead, that we can say we have faith and we don't do anything. We don't really have faith. We can say we believe that man is created in the image of God, as Genesis teaches us, but if we aren't actually doing something for man that is created in the image of God, and we are treating man as less than ourselves or someone else, then we are not living our faith out. And so we should be challenged by running into individuals like Jeremiah to the point where we should do something about it. Amen. And we've talked as a church about what we can do to reach the homeless more and more, amen, in our community and to be more of a blessing rather than just turning away. Because I don't know about you, but I am seeing a greater amount of individuals begging on the streets and living on the streets than I've ever seen here in the South. Growing up uh, outside of New York City, I saw a lot of homelessness and poverty. I saw it there. And in the South, yes, you'll see poverty. You'll see broken down mobile homes, and you'll see people living in squalor and so forth. But people begging on the streets with cardboard signs, people uh, living uh, in, in the woods. I was thinking in going to church in Lincolnton when we had a building over in Lincolnton for a season, and we would drive over there. We'd go over this bridge, and there was a woods there, and there was a bunch of tents in the woods, and people were just boldly just living in these tents in the woods right off a of main road. And then the irony of this is they built an alcohol, one of the ABC stores across the street, and they put up a bunch of signs at that time saying, don't live in your tents over here. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So that's the world's logic is let's build something to make these individuals more in, enslaved into alcohol and drugs and so forth. And let's also tell them not to live where they were living. That is absolute nonsense. And yet that's the world we live in. And I'm not picking on Lincolnton. That's any town or area, I believe, in the country. Amen. That we are preying upon the least of these. Uh, we spend time in the Proverbs as our family discussing what the Proverbs say, what thus saith the word of God, especially because we've got two younger ones, five and six, and they're digesting all of these things, trying to understand these principles. And we try to teach them in the uh, Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs 14, the latter part of Proverbs 14, teaching about uh, how it grieves the Lord when the poor are mistreated and taken advantage of, and how the wicked will be repaid for their wickedness. God has a heart for the poor and the downtrodden. 
pure religion, undefiled, is to go to the fatherless and the widows. Amen. God cares about those that don't have a lot. Amen. And by the way, those that don't have a lot, certainly they go to God probably a lot more than those with a bunch of resources. I had a a friend uh, some time ago that encountered a fair bit of success, and I asked him what was the most difficult part because he was looking like he was living pretty fat and happy. And he said the hardest part was that now he found himself using money to solve all his problems instead of turning to the Lord. And isn't that the truth for those that are well-to-do? That instead of turning to the Lord, they're turning to their finances. And I've heard a preacher say this before, that money promises all the same things God does. But see, God delivers, delivers all of what he promises. And his deliverance is true and just and right. And he is a living God. And money, if we're not careful, will become a dumb idol in our life that cannot fix anything. Amen. We could have, you could have, I proposed this to congregation the other day. You could have a, you could be a billionaire. Let's say you could, yeah, you could be a billionaire. And if you die, what good is your money? I mean, think about it. What, what now you're dead. So now did you take it with you? We have absolutely no evidence that you do. You don't take it with you. So now you go answer to the eternal living God for what you did for him. Amen. Now we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. So our salvation is not dependent upon our wealth, but our happiness shouldn't be either. And how about this? Our service shouldn't be either. We shouldn't say, well, if we had a little bit, we'd give a little bit. How about we give a little bit and figure the rest out later? Amen. How about we give to it hurts a little bit? That sacrificial giving that Christ showed us as in his perfect loving example. And help the Jeremiah's of this world more than just giving change or food, but really loving them and helping them as one created in God's image. And when we do that, we are then serving God in a way that that brings joy to him that his creation is doing what he would have them to do instead of being fallen away and backslid. I thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time as we dive deeper in this subject. Take care, God bless, and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.